Bokar Tov, we are continuing Melachim Aleph, and we begin in chapter 19. Begin in chapter 19, right? 19, at around verse 10. Right? Okay, you're on mute, so I'm assuming you're, you're here. Okay, no problem. Okay, perfect. So, at the beginning of our chapter, Elisha, I mean Eliyahu, he believes that he has succeeded, he believes that he has succeeded in converting the northern kingdom to become uh, religious and from, kidding, he, he believes that he's successfully eradicated Abu Dazara from the northern kingdom and he very quickly realizes that he has not because the next day when he thinks Izebel is going to come or the king Ahab is going to come and invite him over and say, come start teaching Shiurim in the kingdom and start join the court. <coughs> we want, we've been convinced that Hashem is the God and we want to start serving Bore Olam as opposed to Baal. Instead, Izebel sends a, a messenger to Eliyahu saying, by the way, just like you killed my Nevi'im, he said, just like you killed my Nevi'im, I'm going to kill you tomorrow as well. Now she says tomorrow and not today, probably because that she knows that the intensity of the excitement of Am Yisrael from what they experienced at Har Carmel is going to end very, very soon. So she knows that natural human tendency is to forget God and to forget the excitement that they experienced. And they'll forget, they'll forget the excitement that they experienced at Har Carmel. The same way the Jews receive the Torah at Har Sinai and then go and do Abu Dazara the next day. And that's typical of human nature that no miracle, no matter how grand, can hold on to the attention of human beings. The only thing that can really change human behavior is habit and consistency. Okay? So, Eliyahu then leaves and he goes into Midbar Yehuda. Midbar Yehuda probably because he was trying to save himself from the from the death warrant in the northern from his death warrant in the northern kingdom and he goes under a bush tree and an angel comes and touches him and he says come eat so he go, looks up and he sees that there is food for him to eat so he eats the food and then he walks with the strength of the food he walks 40 days and 40 nights to Har Chorev now this is clearly a little bit symbolic that he walked that distance to Har Chorev A. because Har Chorev is not a 40 day from what I understand I don't know if it's a 40 day journey even from somewhere in Midbar Yehuda. It's probably something more like a five to seven day journey. Right? So that's one. Um, if you could traverse all of the width of Israel in three days, then I think to get into the, into the Sinai, I don't think it would take more than 10 days. Right? So clearly there's clearly symbolism of the 40 days and 40 night journey of, of Eliyahu here. Right? And then he goes and he goes to a cave and he sleeps in the cave in Har Choreb, which is Har Sinai. And God appears to him and he says, what are you doing here, Eliyahu? And then Eliyahu says the famous words, I've been zealous for God, God of Master of Legions, for Bnei Israel have left your covenant. They destroyed your Mizbachot and they killed your Nevi'im. Mizbachot we saw when he had to fix the Mizbach Heharus on Hara Carmel, the broken Mizbach that he had to fix, if you remember that. And then Nevi'echa Haregu, that's the one, the hundred that Ovadia saved, the rest of those that were killed. 
by Izebel. And I'm the only one left, and now they want to kill me as well. And I'm the only one left, and if they kill me, that's it. Hashem, you're done. Nobody's gonna, no one's going to remember you. So God now instructs him, and this is going to be like the seminal moment in the career of Eliyahu and Avi. Um, it's going to be his, his uh, revelation that Eliyahu receives on Har Sinai. Now, um, we know that Eliyahu was compared to Pinehas. We're going to see more references of Eliyahu being compared to Moshe Rabbeinu as a result of this revelation. The first two obvious ones are that he's standing on Har Sinai where Moshe got his revelation and that he walked 40 days and 40 nights the same amount of time that Moshe stayed on the mountain. Okay? Go Eliyahu and stand on the mountain And God is going to pass Go and stand on the mountain before Hashem And a, and a, and a, a wind before God A strong wind is going to pass you It's going to break the mountains and it's, going to be, it's going to shatter rocks before God But but God will not be found in that strong wind. And then after the wind that you're going to hear, there's going to be a rash, there's going to be a very loud noise, maybe some form of thunder or something. But then God was not in the thunder. And after the, after the sound, after the noise, there was fire. But God was not in the fire. And then, after the fire, there was a small, quiet voice. Now, it doesn't say that God was not in that small, quiet voice, so maybe we could assume that that's where God was, in that small, quiet voice. And when Eliyahu heard this, He covered his face with his mantle, and he stood, and he went and he stood outside the cave. And there was a voice that came to Eliyahu again. And he said, what are you doing here, Eliyahu? And now Eliyahu answers the same exact thing he answered before. I've been very zealous for Adonai Tzavot. For your children Israel have left your covenant. They killed your Nevi'im and they destroyed your uh, altars. And I'm the only one left and they are seeking out my life to take it, to kill me. Very, very cryptic passage. Just get to the end of the chapter and then we'll stop and analyze a little bit. So Hashem says, okay, go, go on your way back to the desert in Damascus. Meaning, go north again. And you shall go and you shall be party to the anointing of Hazael, the king of Aram. Now the reason I say he should be party to and not a thing, because Eliyahu is not actually going to be the one who anoints Aram. That's going to be done by his student Elisha. But go north and you're going to be part of a process that anoints uh, Hazael to the king of Aram. Then Yehu, son of Nimshi, you shall make king instead of Achav. You shall make Yehu the king over Israel. 
ואת אלישע בן שפט מעוול מחולה תמשך לנביא תחתיך. And then אלישע, son of שפט, who's the famous אלישע הנביא, from a place called עוול מחולה, you shall make anoint him as נביא under you. So all of a sudden after Eliyahu has this grand nebuah at Har Sinai that reminds us of Moshe Rabbeinu, his, he answers by saying, oh, I'm, still, I'm zealous before Hashem and they want to kill me, I'm the only one left, and your children of Israel are sinners. But Eolam says, okay, you know what, time to make changes. We're going to change the king of Aram, we're going to make him Chazael. We're going to change the king of Israel, we're going to make it Yehu, and we're going to change you, Eliyahu, and we're going to make it Elisha. And whoever Hashem says is able to get away from the sword of Chazael, king of Aram, will die by the sword of Yehu. And whoever dies, uh, run, uh, escapes from the sword of Yehu, Elisha will put him to death. And I will leave in Israel 7,000 people. 7,000 people who did not bow down to the Baal. Those are the people I will leave. And any, lip, any, any lips that did not kiss Baal, those are the ones that I will leave alive. There will be 7,000 people in Israel remaining who will survive all of this process. It goes to show how few people actually were, didn't fall for a Baal worship. You know, that that's only 7,000 remain out of all of them. Okay. Pasuk Yutet Vayelech Misham Vayimsa et Elisha ben Shafat Vehu Choresh Shenem Asar Tzimadim Lefanav And it was He goes to Elisha He walks from there to Elisha And he found Elisha And he is a uh, he's, he's plowing And he has 12 pairs of oxen Oxes, however you say it Vehu Bishnem He Asar And he's amongst the 12 The 12 uh, and Eliyahu goes to him and he throws his mantle onto Elisha. Kind of a symbol of, I'm now making you my successor. Okay? So Eli- Eliyahu goes to Elisha and Elisha is busy plowing and he has 12 pairs of oxes working for him. And then Elisha, he runs, he leaves his cattle. And he runs after Eliyahu. But before he runs after Eliyahu, he says, let me go and kiss my father and my mother and then I will come after you. He says, okay, go. I'm not, I, we haven't done anything yet. I haven't done anything to you yet. So you can go. You still have time. Go to your, go to your parents. And then he leaves Eliyahu and on his way back to his parents, he decides to take a pair of oxes or he takes the, uh, it seems like it's one ox, typically tzemed means two. He takes one ox and he slaughters it. And in the vessel that was used for the, uh, for the animal, he cooked the meat of this ox. And he gave to all of the people of the city. And he goes and gets up and he goes after Eliyahu and he serves Eliyahu. Okay, so we did two episodes today. One was the revelation of Eliyahu in Har Sinai. And then two is the, is the finding Elisha as the successor over, uh, instead of Eliyahu. Okay, so first, let's quickly analyze what happens with Eliyahu on um, Har Sinai. A lot of connections to Moshe Rabbeinu. Because besides for the 40, days, 40 nights and the location, 
we had a very similar situation in which Moshe asked Hashem, how do I know you better? I want to know you better. And then it says that Borei Olam put him in some kind of cave and he passed before him. And then God passed before him and he said, this is what I'm known for. God, God is a merciful God. He uh, has patience and he has tons of uh, kindness and truth. He maintains the kindness for generations, for thousands of generations, um, and, and so on. So, so that was the, kind of like the disclosure that Moshe got when he asked to learn about Borei Olam more. Borei Olam basically gave him this nivwa on Har Sinai in which he disclosed the Midot HaRachamim, the fact that God is a merciful God and that's kind of God's identity. Now all of a sudden, Eliyahu has the same exact thing happen to him. And it says, here, God is going to pass. So it's the same thing as Same thing happens to Eliyahu That God is passing Okay Now Clearly there's supposed to be a parallel Between Moshe and Eliyahu Both Moshe and Eliyahu are learning about God And it seems like the message is a little bit similar also Where Moshe learned that God is a merciful God And now Eliyahu is learning That God is not found in the in the loud sound and in the fire and in the voice and in the wind that breaks the mountains. Rather, God is found in what? God is found in the small voice. Which means, if Moshe was supposed to learn that God is a merciful God, and he did, Eliyahu was supposed to learn that God is a God of patience and he's not a God of extravagance. He's a God where, where the emphasis is on conveying things in a quiet and consistent way in a way that people will actually receive it, right? And now that's a very good lesson for Eliyahu. However, when Eliyahu receives the lesson that God is in the still small voice, what is Eliyahu's response once again? I have been zealous to God. He says the same exact thing that he said before, before he got the revelation. So did Eliyahu realize all of a sudden that maybe I should try a different route? Maybe I should try being less zealous and more consistent? Maybe I should focus on teaching and pulling the hearts of the people one by one instead of trying to do a mass uh, revolution. Eliyahu does not realize that. He doesn't just change his ways. He says the exact same thing. He says at the beginning of the revelation. So maybe if Moshe Rabbeinu learned his lesson when God disclosed to him his identity, Eliyahu seems to not take the lesson at all. And now Eliyahu is staying in his very aggressive ways, which may not be, a, may not be the best thing. Right after Eliyahu basically repeats himself and, and insists on remaining coarse in his very intense ways, God says, okay, time to change things up. We're going to change the king of Aram, we're going to change the king of Israel, and we're going to change you. Because apparently, Eliyahu's very intense behavior was not something that Bnei Yisrael needed at this time, and now it's time for Elisha to take over. The interesting thing about Elisha is that whenever Elisha gets, gets uh, chosen by Eliyahu, by Eliyahu throwing his mantle on him, what does Elisha do? He says bye to his parents, which is a nice thing to do. It kind of shows where his, uh, his, his heart is. And then he kills one of his oxes and he gives it to the people, which means that Elisha loves the people. doesn't seem like we haven't seen Eliyahu give people food. We've seen Eliyahu cause a drought and then take... The, the, uh, the, widow, the widow's food He took her food right? He caused a miracle So the food should remain enough for her But he took her food, for, her food first Elisha 
takes his own ox, he kills it, and he gives it to the people. Which is a very good way to start off Elisha's career. In, and it's a nice, different, it's a change from what we've experienced with Eliyahu. And that Elisha seems to be much more loving of the people. And that could be one of the reasons that Eliyahu is compared to Moshe in the story of the Revelation. In that ultimately, what was Moshe doing on Har Sinai when he asked God to explain him who he is? Moshe was trying to get forgiveness for the sin of the golden calf. Meaning Moshe's whole orientation was in trying to defend Bnei Israel. And then Eliyahu, what does he say when God says, "My, um, I come in a small voice? He says, yeah, but your people, Am Yisrael, are all sinners. Meaning Eliyahu seems to consistently try to not defend Am Yisrael, but to incriminate Am Yisrael. And I think the parallel between Eliyahu and Moshe is highlighting this point that Eliyahu doesn't live up to the revelation of Moshe. Because while Eliyahu has the capacity to receive incredible nevuah and do amazing things, his whole orientation towards Am Yisrael is to try and find fault in Am Yisrael rather than to have a loving attitude and disposition towards Am Yisrael like Elisha shows that he does in the next episode. So I think that's a little bit of insight into what's going on here. Uh, there's, um, there's a lot to learn from it. Because I think ultimately, if you know anything about human nature... Aggressive attempts to change people rapidly never work. And aggressive attempts to inspire people in a way that you think that inspiration will last forever, it doesn't happen. Inspiration doesn't last forever. The only thing that does last forever is habit and the quiet consistency that may be what's resembled in the still small voice. Okay? So, Bazar Hashem, tomorrow we do chapter 20. We start chapter 20. Bazar Hashem. And uh, we will have a little bit more of um, episodes with Eliyahu, but we're almost done with them. Baruch Adonai Amen v'amen. Amen v'amen. Thank you, John. Hazak Baruch. Same time tomorrow. Hazak Hashem, yeah. See you. Okay, thank you. Hazak Baruch. Bye.